In this bulletin, more than a thousand residents evacuated from Forbes as major flood peaks are expected in multiple towns over the weekend. The Australian government put in a bid to host an upcoming United Nations conference on climate change. And in sport, in cricket, England's tight final over win over Sri Lanka, ensuring Joss Butler's men qualified for the semi-finals ahead of Australia. With the latest SBS News, I'm Asat Oved. Several communities in New South Wales remain on high flood alert as authorities warn of floodwaters moving downstream. The Lachlan River at Forbes in the state's central west was sitting steady at 10.66 metres on Saturday evening, just below the highest level in 70 years. State Emergency Services member Ashley Sullivan says they are keeping watch to understand the downstream effects of the floods. Um, we are expecting the major flood uh, to continue to rise here in Forbes and over the coming days we'll uh, better understand the downstream impacts of these floodwaters on the communities and our attention will tend to them of course uh, where we have support heading to those communities currently in preparation for that significant floodwaters to head downstream. In fact the ground that we're standing on here will be inundated later today as the river rises here in Forbes. As for when cleanup efforts could begin, the SES says it could be another week yet. The New South Wales government will tighten up disclosure rules for politicians after a string of damaging corruption probes. Under reforms announced on Saturday, prompted by two independent commission against corruption investigations and a public service review, MPs will be required to divulge their interests in trusts and any interests of immediate family members. The disclosure change is in response to the corruption watchdog's investigation into disgraced former Liberal MP John Sedotti. The now independent Dermoin MP was found to have engaged in serious corrupt conduct by improperly trying to influence local councillors to rezone properties his family owned. Along with the requirement for MPs to disclose their family's interests, parliamentarians will also have to publicly disclose any conflicts of interest. An Australian man has died in Ukraine, according to the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. The family of Trevor Keldahl, believed to be from Brisbane, confirmed his death in a statement. Trevor was a very treasured and loved member of our family, a spokesperson said. The depth of sadness at his loss is unfathomable. We would like to thank DFAT for their ongoing assistance in bringing him home. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese described the man's death as tragic news. Well, my condolences uh, go to uh, this uh, gentleman's uh, family and his friends. This is tragic news. Uh, I remind people that the DFAT advice is for people to not travel to Ukraine. It is a dangerous place. Uh, But my heart goes out to the family and friends of the gentleman involved. Only dialogue and diplomacy can end the war in Ukraine, not victory on the battlefield. That's a warning message by members of a group of prominent former world leaders founded by Nelson Mandela. The group, known as the Elders, delivered that message to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, telling him on a visit to Kyiv that he must start considering a way out of the conflict. In order, here's former Irish President Mary Robinson, former President of Mexico Ernesto Zedillo, and former UN Human Rights Commissioner Zaid Rad al-Hussein. Every war has to end. Uh, we need to encourage more thinking about how it will end in order to get the idea that um, this needs to end, as opposed to increasing the military arsenal on both sides and the devastation um, to the population in Ukraine. By using 
a wonderful instrument that uh, humanity has invented, that is diplomacy and politics. There is a, a way in international diplomacy in which you can give both sides something. Australia will bid to host the United Nations Conference on Climate Change in 2026. Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen made the announcement on Saturday, saying that if successful, it would show the world Australia's capacity to help the world as a renewable energy powerhouse. This is an opportunity, of course, for Australia to remind the world that we're back. We're back at the international table, unlike recent COPs where Australia was seen as part of the group which actually was working to stop progress, to get in the way of, the pro of progress. Australia will be a willing and active participant in these discussions. The Cabinet has agreed with me to bid to host COP31 in 2026. Describing the annual event as the world's biggest trade fair, Mr Bowen also said that Australia considered bidding for COP29 in 2024, but decided against it, citing the time frame and ongoing global tensions. The 2024 talks are earmarked for an Eastern European nation, with the 2026 hosting rights reserved for Western Europe and other countries. And now to sports. Australia are set to face hard questions over their white ball squad after years of planning for a home 2020 World Cup were cruelled by an inability to put the foot down when it mattered the most. Australia's fate was sealed last night with England's tight final over win over Sri Lanka, ensuring Joss Butler's men qualified for the semi-finals ahead of Australia. In the end, Australia finished level with both New Zealand and England on seven points with a vastly inferior net run rate. Behind the pace from the opening over of their first game against New Zealand, Australia were always going to need to defy the odds to recover from the 89-run hiding from the Black Caps. And while their fate was somewhat taken out of their hands with a washout against England, Australia can ultimately only blame themselves. With the latest from the SBS Newsroom, I'm Assam Al-Ghadib.